need to hold on because what they, the times they worshiped in are a lot different than the times that we worship in. Do you all know that during that time span, a person wouldn't come to Wednesday night Bible class, like I'm saying they had Wednesday night Bible class. They probably did, though. Uh, but they wouldn't come to that on fear of their life. Y'all know we got brothers and sisters right now who didn't come because they said it was too cold. I'm glad y'all watching online is all I'm saying. I'm just glad y'all watching online. Amen. 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 I'm glad you're watching online. Uh, but yeah, they said, they said it was too cold. And these, these, these circumstances we live in, you all, I'm telling you all, you all, we are so blessed. We are so blessed. We are so highly favored. God is good to us. Uh, he wants them to keep going in light of their ongoing persecution and suffering. That's the literary style of the book is very interesting. It's written in what we call uh, uh, symbolic or apocalyptic literature. You find the book of Daniel and portions of the book of Ezekiel is written that way. That is, what you're reading is not a literal thing. So he'll say, you are going to be tried for 10 days. Well, it's not like it's a literal 10 days. Uh, the span of trying is what he's saying, a short span of time, right? And he talks about 144,000. It's not that there is a legitimate counting of 144,000, but he's talking about the fact that he wants the Jews to be encouraged that the influx of the Gentiles is not to the demise of the salvation of the descendants, the biological descendants of Abraham. If y'all get that, say amen. Uh, so, so, so a lot of the, a lot of times when you read the book, you read the book with a lot of understanding that what you're reading is not necessarily the literal uh, rendering that you see, uh, but it still passes a very divine meaning. If y'all are still with me, say Amen. Let's go ahead and get started. You all turn with me uh, to the book of Revelation. Revelation is where we are, and I want you to meet me at chapter two. I'm telling you to turn to chapter 2, but I already know that I'm going to have you do a little bit of turning in process. Uh, but let's jump into it. Uh, having the wrong motives, having the wrong motives. Listen, uh, uh, Christ has put it on the heart of John to transcribe the revelation of God. And when I say transcribe, when I say transcribe, John's, John's is, is a little bit different uh, uh, John is legitimately told by God, I'm going to tell you what to write. You write what I say, you write what you see. Now, uh, someone would say, how does that separate from the other uh, letters that you see? Those letters were still given by the inspiration of God. They were still given by the inspiration of God, uh, but they were writing in agreement with the spirit and the direction of God. That's the reason why Paul will come to a point where Paul will say, and I speak this, uh, 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 and he says, not I, but the Lord. Or he'll get a little further and he'd say something like, uh, uh, and, now, and, now, and, now, and now I speak this, it's not me, but the Lord. Now, somebody would say, well, wait a minute, wouldn't that be Paul writing the word on his own? No, that misses the point that the Lord made when he talked to them in Matthew chapter 16. He says, and whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. That is the apostolic charge, the apostolic charge, know this, it's going to come very important in a minute, is the apostolic charge was to teach the doctrine of Jesus Christ. The apostolic charge was to teach the doctrine of Jesus Christ. So Christ puts it on his heart to transcribe the revelation. However, even 
early on, it appears that Christ is concerned with the motive of mankind. Revelation chapter 1, I want you to look with me at verse number 3. Revelation chapter 1, I want you to look at verse number 3. Because he's wanted, what he's going to do is he's going to highlight the purpose for the reading of the revelation. And oftentimes, my brothers and my sisters, whenever you want to hear people really take doctrine and throw it to the wind and it go every which way, they'll start somewhere in the book of Revelation. And everybody has some super supernatural phenomenal understanding about why the world's going to end on this date and this time because they read the book of Revelation. But the Revelation starts off giving you a clear understanding of what it was simply all about. That is verse number three. The Bible says, listen carefully, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and, someone say and, keeps those things which are written in it for the time is near. Now, his near, how many of you all know the Lord's near and our near are two very different things? You see, God is from everlasting to everlasting. So we talk about 2,000 years, but to God, that's a blink of an eye. So when God says Jesus is the time, when the Lord says the time is near, that just encourages me uh, to stay ready because if you stay ready, you won't ever have to get ready. If y'all know what I'm talking about, say amen. Uh, but the point he makes here, he says, listen, it's not just about hearing the word. It's not just about reading the word, but I want you to keep the word. And the concept of keeping the word, my brothers and my sisters, has everything to do with meditation. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. It's, about it's about meditation. And what do you mean by that, preacher? Because I don't want you to think I'm telling you you need to go home to your house and sit uh, Indian style with your palms up, your eyes closed. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. But you make sure what's circulating in your mind while you do that is the word of God. Somebody would say, why do you take notes during uh, 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 Sunday morning sermons or Bible classes? You take notes so that you can meditate on them later. It don't mean nothing. I, I ain't trying to hit nobody, but I ain't trying to miss nobody neither. It don't mean nothing if you got the prettiest notebook of all the sweetest notes, and you can say, preacher, I remember the sermon you preached three years ago. If you ain't reading it, it doesn't even matter. It really doesn't matter. You've got to take the time to meditate on the Word of God. I know I got to say it. I got to say it, because this ain't for everybody, but this is for about five people in here. Somebody saying, well, preacher, I don't have enough time to study my Bible. I'm going to tell you, if you ain't got time to study your Bible, you way too busy. You're way too busy, and something's got to go. Something has to go. Everything can't stay. And I trust me, I know all about what that is. That's the reason why I'm so glad uh, uh, that some great uh, intelligent person invented the DVR. Amen, all by myself. Yeah, I don't have to watch it right now. This little box can record it for me. And then y'all become like me, a person whose box just fills up, and then you start deleting stuff, and you don't never even get to watch it. But uh, uh, that's neither here nor there. If y'all wouldn't say amen. See, I don't want you to miss it now. The blessing, someone say blessing. The blessing is found in hearing and keeping. Hearing and keeping. That is, John is told by God to tell him, it ain't just enough to be in the pew. That's not enough. It's, I want you to hear the message. I'm so glad you're here Wednesday night. So glad y'all push through this Arctic Florida night. Amen, all by ourselves. The world don't understand, but we understand. I'm glad y'all are here tonight. But listen, it's 50% it's, it's of the battle. The rest of the battle is you've got to make sure that you're hearing the word of God and you're allowing that word of God to remain in your mind. Because if it doesn't remain in your mind, you can't live what you learn. 
And it's impossible to live what you learn if you forgot what you learned. So having not just being in the place, having our ears open, but God says, I want you to go a step further. I want you to go the extra mile. I want you to keep. Someone say keep. I want you to keep the word. You see, our motive can be richly stirred to serve God when we consider what he's done for us. And you don't have to go far. We're at that same chapter one. I want you to go to verse number four. Same chapter one, I want you to go to verse number four. And verse number four, the Bible says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. That phrase, my brothers and my sisters, is phenomenal beyond our understanding. Uh, and from the seven spirits and before his throne, that phrase is phenomenal. Uh, he says, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and I love this part, the ruler over the kings of the earth. That's the reason why you ain't got to worry about who's in the house as long as you know who's on the throne. Yeah, yeah. To him who loved us, listen now, to him who loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own what church? And has made us what? And priest to his, uh, to his God and Father and to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You see, my brothers and my sisters, what he's telling us is, is I don't mind serving God when I really understand what God has done for me. God took my sins away. That is, all of my wrongs of yesterday, the stuff I was feeling guilty about, the stuff I was feeling down about, the stuff I wouldn't forgive myself of, the stuff people wouldn't forgive me for of, the stuff when I go back home to North Carolina, somebody say, hey, I remember you, you the one that did this, that, there, and the third. All that stuff, God says, people may never let it go, but God says, I let it go. And why does it matter that God lets it go, even if nobody else lets it go? It matters that God lets it go because on the day of judgment, God's judging all by himself, and he's not looking for any assistance. So if the only voice that matters says, Kevin, you're good with me, I'm glad about it. We ought to be glad about it. And not only that, but the Bible says he made us, appreciate it now, kings, the Bible says. He made us kings, and I appreciate this, he says he made us priests. That's the reason why the Bible says, for you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. That royal priesthood has to do with being in, in, included in royalty. It has to do with kingship. That is God has given us dominion. We are no longer bound by the chains of sin that used to hold us. The sun has set us free. And when the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. If y'all know that's right, say amen. Just a side note, just a side note, this provides the, the blood correlation with baptism as the blood is known to make atonement for the souls of men. You'll find that Leviticus chapter 17, verse number 11. If you're still with me, say amen. amen. So who is he to us? Because you got to know that. I mean, if I'm talking to you about motive, and I'm talking to you that we ought to be motive, motivated, to serve God, the question you got to know is, who is God to you? Well, John's going to help us with that as well. We're in chapter 2, verse number 1. Chapter 2, verse number 1. It's going to sound like nothing, but it's beautiful. It's going to sound like nothing, but it's beautiful. Uh, Revelation chapter 2, verse number 1. If you're there with me, say amen. amen. Listen very carefully. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, to the angel 
of the church of Ephesus write. Listen, this is powerful. These things says he who holds the seven what? In his right hand and who walks in the midst of the seven what? He says the one that you're talking to is the one who holds the seven stars and walks amongst the golden lampstands. Now that's beautiful church. And it's even more beautiful when you appreciate who he's talking to. See, yes, he's talking to the church, but he's talking to the angel of that house. And when he's talking about the angel of that house, that is just apocalyptic literature to say he's talking to the messenger. Because that term angel is where we get the Greek word angelos, and the Greek word angelos is where we interpret our word messenger. So the messenger was the one who was responsible to carry God's word to the people of God. That's the reason why, that's the reason why, if you'll check, watch it, verse number one in chapter one, verse number one in chapter one, the Bible says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, if you see it, say amen. amen. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must shortly take place, and he sent and signified it by his what? To his servant John. That is, that is, even when we get into chapter one, and he says he's looking at the vision of the Son of Man. That's not the legitimate Son of Man, because how many of you all know he could not legitimately look at God and live? But he saw, the, he saw a, a, a symbolism of the majesty of God. And this is how I know God is awesome, because he saw the symbolism of the majesty of God in chapter 1. It's in the book, take a look. He saw the symbolism of, of the power of God, and when he saw it, he passed out. John looked at what he thought was the Son of God, and his knees buckled, and he hit the ground. But what I love is that if you're in chapter 1, you ought to take a look. The Bible says that he took his right hand and laid it on him. Well, that right hand is important because in the description about uh, the vision of God, the Bible says his right hand is where he holds the seven stars. Yet in the seven stars, you got to know what those are because the seven stars and the lampstands, if you get those, you have a little bit of clarity. Chapter 1, I want you to look at verse number 20. Chapter 1, I want you to look at verse number 20. Chapter 1, look at verse number 20. If you have it, say amen. It says, listen, the mystery of the seven stars, which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. So let's put that into context for us right now. If we were talking about Pembroke Park, the lampstand would be us. Know that the lampstand is not this building. I'm going to say it one more time. Y'all look like, what, 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 what? Stay with me. Yeah, the lampstand is us because we are the church. This is where we meet. So the lampstand would be us, and the star would be me. So what the Lord says is the Lord says, I'm walking in the midst of y'all, and I'm holding Kevin in my hand. Well, it's good that he's holding me in his hand because he's put a heavy jar charge on my heart. And that is, I'm supposed to help to make sure that the light of this lampstand continues to burn. Because what you don't want, church, is you don't want your light to go out. So when you get to chapter 2 and verse number 1, chapter 2 and verse number 1, and he says, to the angel of the house of Ephesus, this says he who holds the stars in his hand 
and walks in the midst of the golden lampstands, that word is so encouraging because the exegesis there is these are the words from the one who keeps you and who's with you. Oh, that's beautiful, church. That's beautiful. Yeah, I'm the one. I'm, 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 I'm keeping you, Kevin, and I'm with you. And I ain't just with you, Kevin. I'm with all of Pembroke Park. So you teach and you preach and you encourage them to serve and to work. And God says, don't y'all worry. He's walking right here with us. Yeah, that's the reason why no wonder the Bible says where two or three are gathered together in my name. God says, you ain't even got to worry about it. I'm there in the midst. If y'all love him for that, y'all to say amen. Well, see, that's where it starts right there. Pay close attention. Chapter 2, verse number 1, that's where it starts. If I'm going to start about motive, that's where it starts. And the motive is I've got to appreciate everything I know about him. First thing I learned is that God says in chapter 1 and verse number 3, it ain't just enough to know the word, you've got to keep the word. It's not just enough to know the word, you have to keep the word. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you have to keep the word. Then he tells me a little bit further that I'm keeping his word because I can't forget what he's done for me. He cleansed me of my sins, and he changed me into priestly and, 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 and into royalty. I, he's the reason why I will reign with him. He's the reason why I have intercession with, the, with, with God. I can talk to him. I can legitimately walk in as the high priest used to walk into the Holy of Holies and have that direct, intimate contact with the direct spirit of God. That spirit he encountered in the Holy of Holies dwells inside of me thanks to baptism. Acts chapter 2, verse number 38, the Bible says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's this Holy Spirit that's in us that's what made the holy of holies so holy because there was the presence of God. He's telling me now, he cleansed me, he made me a priest, he's washed away my sins, he's allowed me to reign with him, I don't deserve none of it. And not only that, he then adds, Kevin, don't you worry about it, I've done all that stuff, I'm cleaning you, I'm raising you, I'm talking to you, but I'm always with you and I'm always keeping you. Oh, if y'all love him for that, y'all to say amen. Having the wrong motives will make even the right actions error. Uh, verses 2 and 3, I want you to listen to some things. Verses 2 and 3 are really going to, really going to blow you away. Verses 2 and 3, uh, some of you already know it already. Uh, if you're there with me, say amen. amen. He says, listen, I know your works, your labor, your patience. You cannot bear those who are evil. You've tested those who say they are apostles and, and, and are not and have found them liars. You have persevered, have patience, have labored for my namesake, and have not become what? Oh, that's powerful, church. I want you to appreciate these terms because if you don't appreciate these terms, you're going to miss out on how, how awesome this church is. Ephesus really is. Make no mistake about it. The church at Ephesus is, is an example church because of where they live. Many of you all will know throughout your studies in the book of Acts uh, that the city of Ephesus was given heavy to idolatry. Yeah, there was great uh, uh, worship of not no cheap idol, no, 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 silver idols. As a matter of fact, there were silversmiths who lived 
in the city of Ephesus who made a lot of money selling these little silver dolls. And then, because it's a doll, ain't no God, it ain't no God, it ain't no God. Yeah, and he's selling these things. And then here comes Paul. Paul comes on the scene, starts teaching people about Jesus Christ. People start throwing away these silver dolls. They ain't got no more time for it. And what happens is all sorts of anxiety stirs up. Now there are people who are literally violently opposed to this movement of Christianity. And these in Ephesus, he gives us some qualities about them in verses 2 and 3. He says he knows their works. Specifically, when he's talking about their works, what he means, my brothers and my sisters, is that he is He's aware of their acts and their deeds. When he's talking about words, he's talking about something that people do or cause to happen. I, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of what you all are doing down there. God knows it. Well, what are they doing? Well, he'll add that to you as you go a little further. He says, I'm aware of your labor. And when he talks about labor, he's talking about productive work. Because how many of you all know we can be busy and not productive? Yeah, and that's the worst thing in the world is to be busy and not productive. God says, God says, I know your works and your labor. Uh -huh. I read that. I consider that Greek definition. And I said, Lord, that has to be why they call the delivery of a child labor. Because ain't no fooling around then. Every, every ounce of energy, we go into one mission. If y'all get that, say amen. He says, not only that, I know your patience. And when he talks about patience, he's talking about their steadfast, steadfast endurance. He's talking about the power to withstand hardships or stress, especially the inward fortitude necessary. What does that mean? That means these, these down at Ephesus, they didn't, need, they didn't need any outward stimulation to do the right thing. They were going to sing regardless of who was a song leader. They were going to study regardless of who taught that Bible class. They were going to come listen to the word no matter who was preaching. They had, they had something on the inside, something on the inside. Somebody say inside. inside. They had this patience about them, this ability to hold on and to trust that God would bring them through. Not only that, it talks about how they tested. They tested those who claimed they were apostles and found them to be liars. They had to be studied individuals. Why is that? Because the way that you test the apostle, I wish I had time. Time is not my friend. Uh, but you'll see Acts chapter 17, verse number 11. The Bible says, and, and, and those uh, in Berea were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they studied the scriptures daily just to make sure that Paul was teaching what he was supposed to be teaching. And if he wasn't teaching what he was supposed to be teaching, they were definitely going to confront him about it. The Lord tells John, you tell the church at Ephesus, I know that's what they do. He's saying that congregation, if you came up here and you started preaching some false doctrine, no, they weren't going to have it. And you got, some, you got some brothers who were going to stand up and they were going to come see you about that thing. And if the brothers didn't get you, you had some sisters that are catching that parking lot and they'd have that Bible out and they're going to see you about that thing. They said, no, nah, don't you come in here teaching that stuff, doing that stuff, because that ain't what we're about. If y'all get that, say amen. Uh, but in addition to that, it talks about also how they persevered. And when he talks about them being able to persevere, he's talking about their ability to bear or to endure endure, to endure something unpleasant or difficult, whether on one's own behalf or on behalf of someone else. Well, we already know what that is. That's the persecution. And what is the persecution? The persecution is the reason why you ought to thank God for being here today, because nobody came here with the threat of death on your life. But that's what they did. 
I love the last one he says, that you all labored and you, and you didn't grow weary. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 9 tells us, tells us how we should hold on and we should continue to work because we ought to trust that God knows how to give us a reward when he's ready. I think we just read a positive church. Here's what I know. If the church at Ephesus put in an ad in the Christian Echo and said they were looking for a preacher, a lot of people would want to go there. A lot of people would want to go there. Why? Because the church is doing good. The church is doing good. I'll tell you all the secret. If your church is doing good, you won't take long to find somebody to come join you. Church is doing bad, you might wait three, four, five years. Nobody's coming. Nobody's coming. And the reason why is because people are terrified of stepping into a sinking ship. But here's the trouble. Here's the trouble. Is that they would have made that assessment just on an eye visual. And that's where you'll get into trouble. Because in verse number four, y'all look at verse number four. Chapter two, verse number four. If you're there with me, say amen. Verse number four, the Bible says, nevertheless, someone say nevertheless. I have this against you that you have left first. Now, when I read that church, I'll be honest, I'm, 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 I'm going to take the preacher off and I'm going to talk to you just like, 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 like a human being. That didn't make any sense to me. It just didn't make any sense to me. I'll never forget the first time I read it. I was at Southwestern Christian College, and I was in a class entitled uh, The Studies of Revelation. It was taught by uh, uh, a Dr. John Lawrence. Uh, we were in, uh, uh, the, the, we were in uh, one of those buildings. I can't think of the name of it, but we were seated in there, and he asked us to go around the room, and he says, I want you to be honest. I don't want you to worry about saying the right thing. I want open discussion. There's no wrong answers. Does that, does that make any sense to anybody in this room? And some people shot their hand up, and I didn't. And he says, Kevin, I noticed you didn't put your hand up. Now, at the time, you all, you all understand, now, I wasn't who I am today. I was, a, I was a reformed rapper. I was trying to get into this thing. I didn't, quite, I didn't quite get it. And I said, you know what, sir, it just doesn't make any sense to me because it looks like they got it together. I mean, how can you not have your love and be doing all the right stuff? Because that didn't make sense to me. But see, that's the reason why men stay in so much trouble in relationships. <laughs> uh, brothers, y'all be my friend. I'm about to go there, but y'all stay my friend. Stay my friend. Yeah, you know what we say? We say crazy stuff like, we say crazy stuff like, hey, well, listen, I, I, I bring home the check, don't I? And I mean, I took you out to eat, didn't I? I hope, don't you, I hope nobody here still talks like that. If, if you still talk like that, you need to come have a meeting with Brother Davis right now. Because you need to come have a meeting with Brother Davis right now. Yeah, we say stuff because we think that what we're doing is everything. You know, I don't understand what a problem is. Well, well, come on, sit down with me. Preach, I just don't get a problem. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm doing everything. She, 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 I'm working all these hours, working overtime, trying to make sure that she's got stuff and I'm paying all the bills, and I let her get her hair done twice a month. I don't be tripping about her getting her hair done. She want to get her nails done. I let her get her nails done. She want a little outfit. I let her get a little outfit. I let her have girl time. I don't, I don't bother, but it's like ain't no pleasing her. Ain't no pleasing her. And I said, brother, you're telling me everything about what you do for her. 
you never told me how you feel for her. Because you can do all kind of stuff for her and feel nothing for her. Some of y'all look like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all just left the job you couldn't stand today. Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. You know you left that job, and you know why you're going to that job. I'm going to that job because i got to pay these bills. i got to pay these bills, and i got to keep doing this until something else comes up. So you'll go there, and you'll do what you got to do, as long as don't, nobody asks you about coming to no happy hour, no potluck, no none of that stuff. I ain't here for all that. Y'all can have all that you want. Don't put me in no group text messages. I don't want to be involved in none of that stuff. I'm here. I do my job. I get my check. I go to the house, and that's all I'm supposed to be doing. That happens when a person has all the right action, but they don't have heart. The Lord's indictment to them was that they had all the right action, but somewhere they lost their heart. Yes, indeed. Oh, wow. I'll tell you that her, her point, thank you, my sis, it is profound because what it really ministers to is it ministers to how easy it can happen. You know, we'll start to hear it in our tone. We'll, we'll say things like, am I on the schedule again? I led song service last week. It seemed like every time they call somebody, always calling me. And you go, and you serve, and you sing. Because you got the job done. But you missed the most important part. That is, you didn't bring the heart. See, the heart has to come. wasn't going to come back either.
Absolutely. And even as I hear your story, my sis, I, um, I still hear love in your story. Because sometimes the loving thing to tell somebody is the truth. Um, but I also appreciate your concern because I think if I hear you correctly, you knew that the spirit was rooted in frustration. I'm getting sick of this girl. Doggone it. And, 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 and you know what? The only difference between my dear sister and all of us is she said it out loud. Amen all by myself. That's the deal. I'm praying for you. 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 <laughs> Y'all better not be doing that. Mm, I'll be doing that. <laughs> now let me tell you why that story is beautiful <laughs> yeah absolutely y'all give her a love deposit give her a love deposit glory 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 here's a fact here's a fact even in that story the beautiful part about that was that as, as, as the heart began to set into the right direction, you'll notice that things will start to change around you, right? When you start to get your mind together, things will start changing around you. I, 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 I got to give him his flowers. Um, so so I, I, I started uh, allowing uh, Lauren to kill me. I mean, train me. He started to train me. And, and, and he'll take me. He'll take me. He'll take me out there. And, 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 and he's got this phrase. He says, he says, he says, he says, I, I won't quit until I, until I win, right? I, I don't, you don't quit until you win. And the, and the thing about it is, it's not just about doing it. No, it's not about doing it. Because if you're just doing it with the wrong heart, you will quit. But if you make up in your mind that I'm going to do this with the right mentality, that is, I know, I'm like, I don't want to go up these stadium stairs now another time is what I don't want to do. Uh, but my brother said, I ain't going to quit until I what? Until I win. So I'm running up these steps, and I'm sweating like a Hebrew slave, but I get to the top of that thing, and, you know, I feel good about that thing. I'm talking about it's something about getting your heart involved. My brothers and my sisters, he said we've got to get that together. Why do we have to get it together? Real quick timing, my friend, y'all look at verse number 5. Verse number 5 says, I want you to do the first works, appreciate this, or else I will come quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. He says, I'll come, I'll take your first work. Uh, he says, repent and do the first works, or else I'll come to you quickly, remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. 
What's the point? Here's the point, church. I don't know if you know what you just read, but the Lord was very blunt with us. The Lord was very blunt with us. And here's what I know. Congregations die because they lose their first love. Congregations die. Churches wither up and close the doors because they lost the first love. So it's not just enough to come here. Ask yourself every Sunday morning, why am I coming here? And it's not just enough to sing. Why am I singing? Sometimes what I do is I close my eyes because I don't want to see y'all. I love y'all. I look at y'all when I preach. I can't look at y'all while I sing. Because it disturbs my spirit as I sway from side to side. Every time I hit one side, somebody's sitting there like this. Ooh, I have to pray. My spirit, my sister, I'm with you. I just disturb my spirit. So I got to close my eyes because I need to have this time. And when I close my eyes, I love it because what it does is it lets me meditate on the words. Oh, what a fellowship. What a joy divine leaning on the everlasting arm. You know, it don't even matter who's singing when it gets that good. You just start to appreciate what a blessedness, what a, what a peace divine. When you appreciate and your heart connects with the words that are coming out of your mouth, it transforms your worship experience because it matters not just what you do, but the heart that you have while you do it. If y'all get that, say amen. Don't miss this, my brothers and my sisters. I'm running. Uh, verse number five, listen, it's correction required, repentance and rededication. That is, I'm, I'm, if you come every day, if you don't come with the right heart, you want to change that. Amen. Signs of the right heart. If, you, if, you're, if you're here and you're not involved, you got the wrong heart. If you're so busy looking at your clock that you ain't looking at your Bible, you got the wrong heart. Piccadilly is not going nowhere. They ain't going nowhere. They need your money. They are not going to close down. They want your money. They're going to wait on your money. Don't worry about that. Take a moment to appreciate what this experience is. I'm praising the God that's been good to me all my week. If y'all get that, say amen. It's therefore not enough to seek to do the right thing, but to furthermore do the right thing for the right reasons. That has to matter. If y'all get that, say amen. I got a sprint. I done ran out of time. Let me give y'all all these quick. You see, we learned last week that the word of God confirms that our divine service to God is worship. When this service is performed with the right attitude, if y'all get that, say amen. This passage, the Revelation passage, confirms that a form of our worship is how we live. Now, I said that last week, and some of y'all were looking at me funny. But the fact of the matter is, is that when the Bible says, and present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, that is your act of worship. That is how you adore God, how you praise God. And you adore God and you praise God by the way you live. Because, how many of you all know, God doesn't need our songs. He wants our hearts. And he knows that I can have all the songs. If I ain't got your heart, it don't even matter. He says, hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you. They draw nigh unto me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. There can be no mission, movement, or mentality for God without an intentional focus on having the right motive. Every time you come in this place, every time you're involved in ministry, every time you come to Sunshine Ministry, every time you go to Bible class, 
Every time you visit somebody in the hospital, every time you uh, go to, to a new convert's house to encourage them, every time you take your brother and sister out to eat, every time you help somebody in need, you want to pray, Lord, give me the right heart while I do this. Because it's so easy to lose that heart. Our principle number three, do what God has called you to do with the mind that he's called you to have. I just want to give you the verse and then I've got to go. I want you to notice this devotional thought this week. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 4. It says, listen, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of your hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. And, you know, somebody will read that and say, God is against you having extensions. No, that ain't what he's talking about. God is saying, I want there to be something more glorious about you than your clothes. I'm so glad you dressed well. I dressed Solomon well. But if all people see is the beauty is what you got on the outside, that's wrong. He says, but let your adorning be the what? hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which in God's sight is very precious. Dear God, please give us a renewed mind to ensure that our mission and our motives all meet and agree for your glory. If you get that, say amen. amen. If you've been encouraged on tonight, say amen. amen. Uh, I, 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 I'll, I'll confess to you I'm trying to do something. I'm trying to do something. I feel that uh, the Pembroke Park Church of Christ is a wonderful church, um, but there is higher heights that we need, and we'll only get there if we get the heart to give back to God. I shouldn't have to sell you on giving back to God. He's been so good to us. I mean, he's been better to us than we even know how to be to ourselves. So I'm challenging every person in this place to take into consideration two very simple things. Number one, make sure every time you walk in this door, you walk in with the mindset that's on the, 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 the top of the doors before you come in. We changed a lot of stuff about this building during the renovation, but the one thing we made up our minds was those signs that Dr. Spivey put over those doors, they need to stay right there. Because if you keep the right mind, mindset of what you're arriving to do and what you're departing to do, you'll always do well. So when you walk in, read the top of the door. And when you walk out, read the top of the door and then do exactly what it says. If y'all get that, say amen. Uh, if you're not a child of God, you, you need to become one. Hear his word. Believe it to be true. Repent of your sins. Confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Be buried in the water of grave with baptism. Rise to walk a new life. Live faithful unto death. God promised to give you the crown of life. Maybe just maybe you're here tonight and you know you need to get things right with God. Here's the good news. The Bible says in 1 John 1 and 9 that if we simply confess our faults, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. If anyone needs to respond, won't you do so right now as we together stand and sing? Somebody is knocking at your door. Somebody is knocking at your door. Well, oh, sinner, why don't you answer? Somebody is knocking at your door well it knocks like jesus somebody is knocking at your door well it knocks like jesus somebody is knocking at your door well oh sinner why don't you answer somebody?